Hey, Mr. Proud. How's the new retiree on this sunny school day? Good morning, Mr. Kennedy. Well, you know, since I've retired from teaching, I find I spend a good bit of time in my rocker on this porch. But tell me, Zach, what are you teaching your students these days? Well, my class is wrapping up the French and Indian War right now, and I'm about to begin talking about how that influenced the American Revolution. But I'm a little sketchy on the actual series of events that led to the start of the revolution. How did you teach that lesson, Mr. Bob? I don't remember. Well, Zach, the way I remember it... You are listening to The World According to Mr. Bob, a historical fiction educational show based on true life events. Some sounds and language may be inappropriate. Listener discretion is advised. George Washington has called a meeting with other Freemasons and colonists at the New City Tavern at 2nd Walnut Streets in Philadelphia. Washington wants to discuss how the king is insisting that the colonies pay for the French and Indian Wars. But there's word that something bad has recently happened in Boston, and Benjamin Franklin's cousin Jonathan has just escaped from there to get away from what he had witnessed. Franklin has brought Jonathan to the tavern to tell George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and other colonists, such as political activist Thomas Paine, the news of what had just happened in Boston. Ben and Johnny are out front of the city tavern now. Johnny, now don't embarrass me. These gentlemen are my friends and very influential people here in Philly. So behave. Benji, relax. I got this. We'll just stop in for a pint, and I'll let all your friends in Philadelphia know exactly what I saw in Boston. And only what you saw. I know the way you get after too much to drink. My goodness, Benjamin, over here. It's so good to see you. Where have you been? George, there's no valet out front. I had to hitch my own buggy. It's sad. Nobody wants to work today. Anyway, gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my cousin, Jonathan. Johnny, this is George Washington. Salutations. Thomas Jefferson. Hello, Jonathan. Oh, and that's Thomas Paine over there at the other table. Uh, yes, hello. I'm Thomas Paine. I heard my name. What are we drinking, boys? Oh, uh, one second, dear. We just walked in and haven't looked at what's on tap. Okay, well, my name is Abigail. Just wave me down when you're ready or go see Ted the bartender. But be nice to him, please. He can be cranky when this place is this busy. Thanks, Abigail. We'll let you know. It's excellent to meet you, Jonathan. Say, where are you from? Hey, I'm from Boston, George. I rode a horse down to Philly because I was right there for the massacre. Do you gentlemen even know what happened in Boston recently? Have you heard what happened, Mr. Jefferson? Massacre? My word. What massacre do you speak of, Johnny? Hey, you guys drinking? Or just taking up space in my bar? Okay, bartender. Hey, my apologies, good bartender. Sir, my mouth tastes like the 300 miles I just rode. So please, a pint of spirits for me and give my new friends here each a pint as well. Oh, and put it on Benji's dad. Hey, Johnny! What? I thought you said yous was buying. Gentlemen, can we get back to business? Johnny, tell us exactly what happened in Boston. Well, Mr. Jefferson, they just shot at us. 
You see, there was a bunch of us hanging out over at the customs house, and we noticed there was only one guy got in the king's money inside. So we started giving him a hard time, throwing snowballs and stones. The next thing you know, this British guy, he tries to stab one of our boys with his bayonet. And that's when things really got wicked crazy. I mean, really out of control. Someone had run the fire bell, and then the streets started to fill up with townsmen. It was like an angry mob that broke out. But back over at the customs house, Captain Preston of the British Army and five other red coat soldiers took up position, armed and ready. So we all grabbed whatever we could and started hitting them with sticks, clubs, anything. Then, out of nowhere, someone yells, fire! And then, boom! Five guys fall dead on the street. Everyone freaked out and ran. True story. Wow, Johnny. Did you see John Hancock or Sam Adams in the crowd? Did they survive? I did, George. I did. When everyone started running away, Hancock and Adams were out on the street urging all of us to continue fighting. The whole place had just gotten, just gotten way too wicked crazy for me. That's why I got out of town. Johnny could tell his story was upsetting to everyone listening. And after a sip, Ben Franklin tries to get to the root of the problem with a question directed to Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine, you've been there. How did you feel about the King's presence in Boston? Well, Benjamin, those British troops have been in Boston for so long now that we all started thinking that maybe them being there is all right. Well, it's not. They say it's custom to have the King's men walk our streets. Well, it's not. As my name is Thomas Paine, I say I need my independence to be happy. This is my country, my world, not the king's. It's just common sense that we should all live in a world where the only religion is just to do good and be kind to others. Oh, and not to turn over our hard-earned wages to a king thousands of miles away. There is no one in this tavern that loves our relationship with Great Britain more than I. Thomas Jefferson. But I'll be damned if I will pay for a war that we had nothing to do with. We must not let the king load us with his perpetual debt. Yeah, the king is not getting any more of my money. Not now, not ever. More drinks, boys? Waitress, another round, please? It's under Benjamin Franklin. Really, Johnny, again? Gentlemen, please. We are all, by common law, and certainly by the laws of God, free men. Yeah, right. I'll drink to that, Benji. Thanks, Johnny. Anyway, therefore, we are entitled to the free enjoyment of liberty. Everything that we own and have worked for is necessary and an essential part of this liberty and for conserving our rights as individuals. So you're saying, therefore, rebellion to these tyrants is synonymous with obedience to God. As long as I can breathe, I'll never give in to the demands of the king. We're fed up with all these taxes. All he does is take our money and give it to his cronies. I don't want them soldiers walking in my streets. And I'm sure as heck not going to let them in my house. The king wants us to give his redcoats room and board in our homes at no cost. He is out of his mind. That's right. It, it was, uh, Abigail, right? But men, listen. Our cause is the cause of all mankind. We are fighting for their liberty in defending our own. And, Benjamin, we are also fighting for our basic freedom of speech. I'm tired of the king restricting my ideas. Hey! 
All this talking, and nobody's drinking. You guys either order a pint, or take this rebel rousing outside. I tried to tell you, boys. Hey, bartender, another pint. Uh, Johnny, slow down. Please, everyone, this is just common sense. A long habit of not thinking something's wrong gives it an outward appearance of being right. People then begin to accept the wrong as simply being a defense of our customs. This is not right, and it cannot continue. Whatever is my right as a man is also the right of others, and it becomes my duty to guarantee this right as well as to possess it myself. Here, 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 here. here. Well, Mr. Payne, common sense tells me that I can go wherever I want. And it don't make no sense that the king says I can't go west of the Appalachians. That's right. And as long as we are talking taxes and trade, then why are we still buying the king's tea with his extra tax? It's outrageous. We already buy directly from the East India Company. So what if their tea is green? I drink it. Unfortunately, and maybe news to you, Johnny, England owns the East India Company, so this forces us to do business with the king regardless. But we simply cannot and will not be an open wallet for his convenience. Good points, Thomas Jefferson, and I don't mind the green tea either, but we are in a time when our lordly masters in Great Britain will be satisfied with nothing less than depriving us of our American freedoms. It seems highly necessary that something should be done to avert this blow and maintain the liberty which we have inherited from our ancestors. But how do we do this, George? To answer that question effectually is the point. Well, Thomas, I hope that we as men will have reason enough and the good sense to settle our differences without cutting each other's throats. I believe that no man should have to question what is right or wrong, or even hesitate for a moment to use arms in defense of so valuable a blessing. But that's clearly just my opinion as a general. The men paused to take a drink, noticing the tension is growing in the room. This discussion is generating a very serious realization of what the near future beholds. Yet taking up arms, I would also hope to be the last resort. Our complaints to the throne and our declarations of disapproval to Parliament have proven to be ineffective. But how far should we take this? Maybe we should try cutting off their trade completely, or just stop buying the king's tea with that ludicrous new tax. That would certainly get his attention. Yeah, George, I got it. We should just talk to them Sons of Liberty gang over at the harbor. Those guys rule the docks up there in Boston. And they're just crazy enough to do something that would really shake up the king. Please, I know just who to talk to. Now hold up, Johnny. Before anybody does anything they might regret, maybe I should go and talk with my friends in Paris first. That's right, Ben. I forgot how much you are admired in France. You are the only one of us colonists who could even think of gaining the support of the French military and their wealthiest citizens, the bourgeoisie. They find you fascinating. That's correct, Thomas. We could use their help both strategically and financially. Fantastic idea, Benjamin. What we also need now is to join forces with all of the colonies into one, united in defense of our land. I want to form a committee of correspondence across all the colonies. If our voice won't be heard in Britain, 
It must be heard here. Here, here. And that's kind of how I remember the way things went down, Zach. Wouldn't it be funny if that's how the war began? But yeah, you're right, Mr. Bob. It really wasn't just one thing that started the revolution. No, no, it wasn't. The king's laws and all his taxes had really pushed the colonists to their breaking point. That's probably the main fact that I should make sure my students really understand. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just like today, Zach. Minus the king. <laughs> okay, these kids won't teach themselves. I'm off to class. Thanks, Mr. Bob. As usual, I'm glad I stopped by. Me too, Zach. I'll see you soon. The World According to Mr. Bob is created, written, and produced by Bob Staniszewski and Adam Staniszewski with associate producer Zach Kennedy. Recorded and mixed at Crooked Lane Sound in Cherry Hill, New Jersey by audio engineer and sound designer Adam Staniszewski. Episode number one of season one is titled Tavern Talk. It features Alan Harris as Thomas Paine, and he also reads the disclaimer. Angelo Pinto portrays Thomas Jefferson, and Brett Slavin performs George Washington and Ben Franklin. Mr. Bob's graphics were designed by J.R. Farrell at Promotional Graphics Doylestown, PA. The theme songs are provided by Silent Partner and Ease Jammy Jams. For a full list of character and musical credits, please check out our website, theworldaccordingtomrbob.com. And while you're on the internet, please follow our Facebook page for updates. Hit the like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel. If you want to advertise or sponsor the show, please email us at worldofmrbob at gmail.com. Or to support Mr. Bob, PayPal him at worldofmrbob. Mr. Bob would greatly appreciate it. I'm Danielle Byrne, announcer extraordinaire. Thank you for listening and please tune in to the next exciting episode of The World According to Mr. Bob. This has been a Moon Ranger production.